Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. morning. Uh, everybody knows that you can't get up here and cry before I get up here. That's like laid out, okay? I've said that because I will cry and you can't do that to me. Um, wow. I, I would just like to, um, before I do anything else, I would just like to recognize the, the flow of the Holy Spirit that's been in this place this morning um, because I've been completely wrecked already. Um, it's just crazy how the Spirit works with what I prepared here to say this morning and Evan's um, communion message and Amy and her prophetic prophetic worship up here. Um, the Spirit's just lining some stuff up this morning and Man, it's just incredible to me that he that he does that and that he uses us in this way. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I feel like th this word is um, that's what we need to hear right now. And it might be basic. You might feel like you know, I've heard this before. That's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to preach it anyways. So, um, if we can start, we are in the Jesus People series. Let's start with that creed. Can we throw that up there? All right. So, if you guys just want to repeat after me, right, we've been saying this creed, this whole series, and I think it's powerful, I think it's awesome, I love when Matt does stuff like this, because it gets me hyped up. So, uh, if you guys just want to repeat after me, this is the Jesus People Prayer. Father God, Father God build, your church, build your church, that the gates of hell, gates of hell would, not would not prevail against her. Give us your heart. Give us your words. Give us your power. Create in us a zeal for your house and a longing for your presence. Fill, purify, and mark us. Make us like Jesus. Set us apart. Make us, a holy nation. Make us a holy nation. Make your presence known here. Make your presence known here. Establish, signs Establish signs and wonders among your people. Among your people. Pour, out your spirit upon us. Pour out your spirit upon us. We will be your people. We will be your you will be our God. We, our God. we declare your kingdom come. And your will be done in our city as it is in heaven. Let revival come. Amen. Man, that's good. Um, that's really good. I like that. I'm just going to start off today. The title of my message, I don't know what else to call it, so I just call it the good news. I, I didn't know what else to call it. That's what I'm going to say. Um, and I'm coming out of Romans 10, verses 8 through 17, so I'm just going to read this scripture, and then we're going to get into it, okay? Um, but it says, starting in verse 8, it says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And for with, and, and sorry, not and, for with the, the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call to him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Says, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray real quick and then we'll get into everything. Um, Jesus, I just pray that this morning you would just continue to do what you're already doing. That we would just keep the train rolling, God, that you would use me as a mouthpiece for your word that you want us to hear this morning. And um, you would just flow, God. You would just do your thing, that you would just bless um, this time that we have together this morning. Uh, that you would just be honored and glorified, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. And Faith-filled church said, Amen. Amen. Uh, before I, I get into it, though, I did, I did want to say, I wasn't really nervous about this morning until um, I showed up and the whole Kramer clan was here. Um, and I was like, oh man, I, I guess I better preach pretty well this morning. Um, you got some, some legends of the faith in the room. And uh, it's very interesting just because what I'm preaching on um, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not trying to get emotional here. Um, one of the, I don't know if you even remember this probably, you probably don't, but Vicki, um, there, there was a time when we were all out at the, the Kramer's, um, house at their property there. And we just, we would just sit and have conversations. And, um, I'm assuming she asks everybody, not just me, but one of the questions that she probably regularly asks everybody, um, she asked me, she said, when's the last time that you led somebody to the Lord? And at the time, I was like, um, I don't know how to answer this question, like, because I, I haven't in a while. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's, um, that's a pretty heavy question to ask somebody. But it's just interesting that, you know, the way that the God lines things up, that you guys are here this morning, and that's kind of exactly what I'm preaching about, um, that just kind of, kind of blew my mind, so it's crazy how he works. Um, all right, I'll, I'll stop ranting, and I'll get into what I was going to say. So, um, yeah, that, that scripture that I just read, I don't know about you guys, but the one thing that stood out to me the most was that, uh, you know, verse 15, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach good news. Um, so I don't know if you guys can see or not. I would say maybe my shoes are beautiful. I don't know about the feet inside. I don't think anybody wants to see what's going on inside there. Um, maybe he was talking about Matt's feet. I don't know. I'm, I'm not like, uh, maybe he's got beautiful feet. I don't know. But uh, I'll just have to, I'll have to, I'll have to trust the scripture that he, he's the one that's got beautiful feet there. Um, but in all, in all seriousness, I do love this, this whole portion of scripture um, just because it's so simple. 
It, just, it lays everything out so simply and plain. It's not like one of those passages where you really have to dig super deep into like a theology book or you have to like get counsel from somebody else um, because it, it's just simple and plain. It's everybody who believes in him will not be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And the people can only call on his name and be saved if they hear about him by somebody telling them the good news, right? And my feet are beautiful. That's the main, main takeaway. Sorry, I'll stop with the feet jokes. That is important, though. I will come back to that actual verse um, because it, it is actually important, okay? Um, but those few statements are what I really want to focus on this morning, okay? Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Okay? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and people can only call on his name if they have heard the, the news and by somebody telling them. All right? So the good news, that's why I titled it the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what I thought of for this series, the Jesus people. Okay? When I thought of the Jesus people, I thought, you know, the Jesus people, they know the gospel of Jesus, and they know how to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? And I know, like I said at the beginning, I know, Pastor Scott, it's basic, okay? I've heard this a million times. I know about Jesus. You know what? That's, that's great, okay? I, I, that's awesome that you know that. But that's the great thing about the basics, in my opinion, is that ev when everything around you is going crazy, the world is in complete pan pandemonium, you feel like everything's falling apart, you don't know what to do, when you go back to the basics, you go back to the, the solid rock that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's where you can go to get your footing back, okay? That's the great thing about going back to the basics. I love that. So this morning, I want to go through the basics, all right? Because first and foremost, if there is somebody in this room or listening online that isn't a follower of Jesus or has never heard the gospel, it's our responsibility to, to preach that and to give them the opportunity to hear that and, and respond. It says right in that scripture, okay? That's our responsibility. But I also think for those of us that are Christians, okay, it's important to refresh our spirits with the gospel, to, to hear and, you know, maybe even get a new understanding of that good news on a regular basis. I think that's super important. It's great for our souls to go back to the basics and just soak up what God has actually done for us, Okay? So with that being said, what is the gospel? Okay, what is the gospel? I mean, if we want to try to define it, I mean, I just hinted at it a few times. The gospel is the good news. Okay, it's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what it, that's what it breaks down to. Another definition says, it is something that is absolute truth. Okay, so the gospel is the good news and it's absolute truth. So we have this good news. It's absolute truth. That's amazing. But what does that mean? Okay, well, I mean, what, what does the whole thing mean? I'm going to try my best as we go through to stay away from, like, any Christianese, church speak, okay? Like, I'm going to try to keep it as simple as I possibly can. Um, so keeping it simple, the gospel, in the, the, the essence of the gospel, okay, it is God's plan for the happiness and salvation of his children, okay? The gospel is God's plan for the happiness and salvation of his children. Okay, the gospel is telling the story of Jesus and how he saved us from absolute suffering for the rest of time in hell. 
Okay, that, that sounds like pretty good news to me. All right, I mean, the, the, the sound of having to suffer for eternity in hell does not sound like something I want to do. So that sounds like good news. But as the Jesus people, we need to know a, a little more than just a basic definition. Okay, so let's get a little deeper. Okay, Let, let's start at the very beginning of creation. Okay, let's start in Genesis. In the beginning, God spoke to the darkness and he created everything. Okay? He created the light that illuminated the darkness. He created the heavens and the earth, the land and the water, the plants, the vegetation. He created the, the days and the nights and the seasons. He created all the living creatures on the earth. And then he created man and woman. And he looked at everything that he had created. He looked at it all. And he declared that it was very good. Okay, very good. So he creates everything. He creates Adam and Eve, the original human iOS one, okay? He gives them dominion over everything, okay? So humans, you know, we're at the top of, of the food chain over, over everything, over every other living creature, every plant, the entire earth, okay? And he says that that is very good. It's all very good. And he places Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, okay, which is a, a sacred place that he's created for them. Uh, it's a little paradise with everything you could ever need. That sounds pretty awesome. Um, but he, he gives them that one thing that they can't do. All right, he gives them one thing. They can't eat from the tree in the center of the, of the garden. All right, that, that's, you know, he's giving free will, but he's also setting up guidelines for what they can and can't do. All right. So he sets that up. That, that's the one rule. And that leads to the second part of the gospel story, which is sin. Okay? The fall of man, as we like to call it in church. All right? When humans first actively went against what God told us was best for us. Okay? The, the first sin. The first time of us missing the mark. Okay? The first time that, that we fell short of the goal that God had called us to. Okay? So this, this sets off the the sin nature of humans, okay? So from that time, none of us have been blameless since, okay? In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's interesting because really the rest of the Old Testament shows us that sin nature, okay? If you read through the rest of the Old Testament, it shows us that sin nature and it shows us the gap that it created between us and God. Okay, and it shows us how the law, you know, man-made rules, you know, trying to live by this set of rules that we've created can never bring us back to that oneness with God. Okay, that, that's what that's showing us. It points us to the fact that we are not worthy of being close to God ever since that moment. No matter what we try, okay, no matter how, how good we are, we cannot return to that place of oneness with God on our own. Okay, no matter what we do. So I'm very sorry to burst your bubble. If you thought that, you know, you were able to get into heaven um, by being a good person and trying not to lie and, you know, trying to help people out and donate to a worthy organization, that's great. I, I love all those things. Scripture clearly tells us to do all of those things and to live a life that, you know, where it, that is worthy of the calling that God's placed on us. But that's not what gets you through the gates of heaven. Okay, what this all really shows us is that, is that here, what it all really shows us is that God's original creation was very good, but people in sin are not so good, and therefore we need a Savior, 
Okay, we need somebody to come and rescue us because we can't do it on our own. All right? That's where, you know, enter Jesus stage left. All right? He, this is where Jesus comes in. All right? This is where, you know, God sees the state of humanity. He sees what is happening to, to the people that he's created and he loves. He sees all that. And he desperately wants us back with him. Okay? But we aren't worthy to be back with him. Okay? So someone that is worthy needs to bridge the gap to allow us to once again be with God. Okay? So that's where he sends Jesus to be that bridge that we need. All right, he sends Jesus to the earth to live as a human man and to face every single trouble and difficulty that we face as humans. But he sent him to face all that and also to remain perfect through it all. Okay, to, to not sin, to have no blame against him at all, so that there might be a perfect blameless sacrifice that would save us. And this is one thing that I want to hit on this morning um, that I just want to emphasize is that Jesus was fully man, but he was also fully God at the same time. Okay, I think sometimes in like our modern world, our, our culture that, that we're in, we can kind of lose sight of that. Okay, that he was fully man, yet he was still fully God. So contrary to some popular beliefs out there, Jesus was not just some really, really good moral guy. Okay, he wasn't just some guru that, you know, popped up and he had a few cool stories to say and got a bunch of people to follow him and, and drink the Kool-Aid. Okay, he was the living God walking around on earth with flesh on. Okay, and he remains the only person to ever, ever, ever live a perfect, spotless, sinless life, okay? He's the only one. I've seen a lot of stuff, uh, documentaries and read stuff about different, like, gurus and teachers and leaders of cults and, you know, other, you know, gods and religions and, um, you know, people trying to convince people that they have all the answers, and not a single one of those people has ever escaped, first of all, it never escaped death and come back to life, let alone having left this life never having sinned. Okay, that is only our God. Okay, that is only our Savior. And Scripture confirms that many, many times by pointing to Jesus' authority on earth. Okay, and not the sense of like, he's the leader of this group of people so he can tell them what to do authority. It's not, it's not like that, okay? It shows us his authority over everything. All right, his authority over the entire earth, including us and our bodies and our souls. And in Matthew chapter 9, it's the story of, of the man, and this is why I talked about Amy and her prophetic worship, like just talking about this. Like it's the man who's he's, he's paralyzed, he's on a mat. And this, this man's friends bring him to Jesus after hearing that Jesus has already been healing people. And the first thing that Jesus says to this man when, when they bring him to him is, he says, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Because he cares more about the guy's soul than he does about the guy's legs. He cares more about where he's going to spend eternity. He says, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the, the scribes that are around, they overhear that, and, and they start to think to themselves, like, who does this guy think he is? He's, he's preaching blasphemy to this man. Like, how is he forgiving this, this guy's sins? This is just a man. And Jesus knows what they are thinking, and he responds by saying, for which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say rise and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
He then said to the paralytic, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And the guy did. He picked up his, he picked up his bed and he went home and walked himself home. This guy that couldn't stand at all, was paralyzed. See, Jesus doesn't just have authority over us in like a, a natural um, sense that we think, like I said before, like it's not just like, you know, Matt has authority over, you know, everybody that works under him at the church because he's the lead pastor. It's not like that, okay? He has the authority to forgive our sins and redeem our souls, okay? But we can't really comprehend that very well um, because he's God and we're not. So we, we have a hard time comprehending that stuff sometimes. So he's, you know, in this, in this, this scripture here, what he shows is that he's, he's just going to say, you know what, I'll show you the authority that I have in, in this natural way, this physical way, so that you can see, just, just to prove that I am who I say I am and I have the authority that I say I have, when I forgive someone of their sins, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like, this is the authority that I have to forgive somebody of their sins. And, you know, with that authority that he has, it's, that, that is powerful. But at the same time, Jesus doesn't wield that like, like a stick to, like, thunk us on the heads when we mess up. We see his authority in the gospel, but it's paired with the examples of, of his servant nature as well. Okay, they, they go hand in hand. All right? So I just wanted to, you to think about this for a minute, okay? This man who is fully God, okay, he's, hum, he's man, but he's fully God, and he's been performing miracles all over the place, all across the land, all right? He's been healing people, he's been raising people from the dead, turning water into wine, multiplying baskets of food. You know, he's, he's got all these people following him, all right? He's been forgiving people of their sins. I don't know about you, but personally, if I was Jesus, I don't know if I would be super great at being a servant to somebody. Scott would probably have a pretty big head, okay? I don't know if I would be washing people's feet, all right? That's just the reality of, of us being not fully God and being, being human, all right? Um, and I'm assuming that there's other people in here that battle some pride issues as well, okay? But I think that I, think that I would probably have a pretty big head about that. But the true nature of Jesus is shown in the fact that he laid down his life for us. Okay, to atone for all of the, the sins of humanity and to give us that opportunity to be with God again. Okay, in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, it says, Jesus Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, talking about him being up in heaven, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but instead emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born into the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death even death on a cross <laughs> he was up in heaven with god and was obedient to the point of being such a servant of, of coming down to earth being a man and dying for us Okay, Jesus' nature is that of, of being all-powerful, having all authority over the natural and the spiritual, being fully God, and yet being the perfect example of a servant by laying down his life for us. I mean, that, that is actually incredible, okay? But I think, and I, I think sometimes when, when we hear that, you know, we talk about Jesus going to the cross and dying for us, it can be like... Um, you know, it can start to feel like sad and guilty and heavy. Like, and this is where, you know, it relates to what Evan was saying 
for his communion message. Um, because I remember as a kid, we would take communion at church and like my, my mom and dad, like we, we would pray and, you know, ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and, you know, talk about Jesus going to the cross for us. And I would feel overwhelmed with sadness. Like I would feel so bad that Jesus had to die for me. And it would like wreck me every time we did it. And that made me associate like communion is like this time of like Scott feeling bad about himself because he's not worthy to be next to Jesus. Okay. And you know, the, the death of Jesus is a somber moment. Okay. I'm not trying to, you know, take that lightly by any means because the reality is that, you know, he did take our place on the cross. He paid the price so that we didn't have to. We took the lashes across his back so that we didn't have to. Okay. He took the nails in, the, in, in his hands and his feet. He took the spear, all for us. And if that is where the story ended, yeah, that would be super depressing and sad. Okay, that I mean that honestly, that would suck. That I mean, that's just the truth of it. But that's not the end of the the, the gospel. That's why it there is the good news gospel. Okay, because if that was the case. Jesus would be in the same category as every other guru or leader that ever walked the earth and claimed to be the guy, okay? He would be in that same category, the guys that, you know, didn't outlast death, just like a normal human, okay? But he is the only one, just like I said earlier, he's the only one that has proven to be God by resurrecting, rising from the grave and defeating death. That is the good news gospel of Jesus Christ, all right? That's the good news, that Jesus did not stay in the tomb. On the third day, he walked out of the tomb and he gave us the greatest gift that there has literally ever been given. Yes. Nobody's ever given a better gift. Yes. Not even the rich, the rich uh, prince dude over in India that spent like $100 million on his daughter's wedding and brought Beyonce in. That's pretty sick. Still not as good as this gift, all right? Okay, okay. okay. he gave us that gift of forgiveness and eternal life, all right? He gave us the ability to be reunited with God in heaven, which is insane. And he gave us the gift of erasing the ledger that has been stained with every sin that we have ever committed. That's good. Can we, I mean, for real, can we just like give a shout for a minute for the Lord because he's good? Like, that's good. The greatest gift that's ever been given. So good, such good news that how could you ever keep it to yourself? I mean, seriously, I mean, think about it. Think about how many people you know in your day-to-day -day life that might not know the gospel, okay? How many people that you impact, that you, that you talk to on a day-to-day -day basis that might not know the gospel? And, you know, maybe they never heard it. I mean, I know we live in West Michigan, but it is possible. There are people out there that have not heard it. Crazy to think about, I know, but they're, they're out there. Or maybe they heard it a long time ago and, and didn't, didn't have a response and haven't heard it since. Or maybe they have a false understanding of who Jesus is. They've been given that good guy, guru, you know, that's who Jesus is. They don't understand everything else that's in the gospel. I don't know. And you know what? You're the one that is there, okay? You're the one that gets to talk to them. You have the greatest gift that's ever been given, so aren't you gonna make sure that they know about the gift? I mean, 
that sounds crazy if you have the best thing that you've ever been given and you don't share it with anybody else. Think about your favorite TV show. How many times does Matt talk about Yellowstone? I love that show. That's true. That's true. That's good. But like, seriously, how many times do you go to work and you're talking to your coworkers and you're like, dude, you guys watch Stranger Things? Like, that's crazy. Like, you talk about all this stuff all the time. I do that every day. I talk about all the, the movies and the TV shows and the TikToks that you see. Like, but do I talk about my Savior all day long? You know, like, is that the first thing that's coming out of my mouth? Is that the good news or am I too concerned with what I saw on TV last night? Like, it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then they can call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Guys, that's our cue, all right? Some people may never step foot inside of a church. There are people that will not get the honor and the privilege of hearing somebody like Matt or Adrian preach a message from this platform. But they talk to you every day. They talk to you every single day. As the Jesus people, we need to know the gospel in depth and be able to deliver the gospel in an effective way so that people understand how desperately they need Jesus. Right, that they have sinned and fallen short and it's not just a free-for-all in this life that doesn't matter, that there is a purpose and that the Lord is calling to them to call them back. So, with that being said, the rundown of delivering the gospel, all right? Like we went through, okay? Creation. God created everything, including you, including all of us, all right? And it was very good. Sin. People sinned and created separation from God. Not so good, all right? Three, God sent his son, Okay, so Jesus comes to earth and he lives as a man and shows us his powerful authority. Then Jesus is crucified. Jesus shows us his servant nature and his true purpose for dying for us. The resurrection. On the third day, Jesus rose from the tomb and he defeated sin and death and hell and the grave, which leads to forgiveness. Because of his death and resurrection, we have been forgiven of our sins. And we have been given the ability to have that relationship with God and spend eternity with him again. Like I said, the greatest gift ever given. And it's really that simple, okay? You don't need to be ordained as a pastor to deliver the gospel to somebody. As Vicki would ask you, when's the last time that you led somebody to the Lord? I wasn't a pastor when she asked me that. That was a long time ago when Scott was doing whatever he wanted to do. Okay? You don't have to be ordained as a pastor to deliver the gospel. You just have to be willing to be used as a mouthpiece for God. Okay, look at the 12 disciples that were actually with Jesus, that walked the earth with Jesus. Okay? They were from all different places. They were fishermen, they were tax collectors, they were political anarchists. Like they were like this crazy collection of dudes, all right? They all had unique views on the world, they all had their own stuff they were doing, and they all had their own issues and their own struggles that they were dealing with. But the one thing that they all had in common is that they simply said yes. They were the original Jesus people. 
Okay, they experienced this story, this gospel of Jesus firsthand, and then they went and they proclaimed that to every single person they met. And that's the example that we follow. Um, worship team, you guys can make your way up here. Um, but so, so earlier I, uh, I made that joke about, you know, having beautiful feet. And I said that, you know, we, we'd come back to that. And maybe you forgot about it, but I didn't. All right, we're coming back to it. All right. Um, that verse in Romans is actually, it's a reference back to the book of Isaiah. Okay, back in the Old Testament. Okay, so back in chapter um, 52 in Isaiah, it's talking about the coming salvation of the Lord. So in verse 7 it says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. I know that's a lot of old school sounding stuff, all right? Um, and I said I'm going to try to keep it simple. So here's what I want to do. Just, um, I want to think about this for a minute here. might be weird. All right, just go with me. Uh, if everybody could just, um, just close your eyes for a second, all right? So everybody close your eyes. I just want you to imagine with me for a second, all right, that you are lost at sea, all right? You're lost at sea, all right? And this isn't normal for a Sunday, okay, I know, but just sit here and try to imagine, all right? So you're out in the middle of the ocean, and you're in like, one of those little life rafts, okay? Like your, your plane went down or something, all right? You're just out there floating. Whatever color you want your life raft to be, that's fine. But you've been out there for days, okay? You've had no food, no water, and there are, you know, there are sharks out in the water. You see them starting to kind of circle around. They know that you know, it's not going to be long. You've been out there for so long, there's absolutely no hope that you have left that you're ever going to make it back home. You know that you're going to die out here. And you are so weak from having no food or water, you can barely see straight. But then all of a sudden, just as you're fading out, there's a boat, and it pulls up beside your raft. And there's a pair of boots on the deck, just about level with your eyes. It's the only thing you see is this pair of boots. And you realize that you're being rescued. How beautiful do those boots look to you? How amazing would it be to see those feet right at eye level right there? Yeah. All right, you, you can open your eyes. Thanks for doing that. Um, but I think about the scripture that I opened up with, and that's, I, I think out of that, that verse can get overlooked sometimes. But when I look around our city and around our world, there are people that are floating out in a raft in the middle of the spiritual ocean no direction, have no clue what's going on, and are fading and think that there is literally no hope. There's no way anything's ever going to get any better. And I can guarantee you, I don't care what kind of messed up toe situation you have going on, but how beautiful would your feet look to the person that you deliver that good news to, that you bring them back to the Lord? How beautiful would your, would your feet look to them? I mean, Matt, how much do you appreciate the kid that invited you to youth group when you were 16? Or the youth pastor that delivered the good news to you? They got some beautiful feet. Charlie, how beautiful are your wife's feet? 
that she, she kept with you. How beautiful are people like Matt's feet that he keeps delivering the good news to you that pulled you back in. Kelvin, how beautiful are Zach's feet? Maybe not literally, but figuratively, there's some beautiful feet. Changes a whole family when the good news is delivered. Man, I want us to be a church full of people who have beautiful feet to everyone that is around us. I want us to be that people who are continuously throwing out that, that the, the life ring, you know, throwing out the gospel to every single person that we know. Because we are the Jesus people. You know, we, we are the Jesus people. And the Jesus people know the gospel and they know how to preach and deliver the gospel. All right? That's who we are. Um, so we're going to close here. You guys can all stand with me. Um, that, that's just what I want. I want us to be a church of people that are continuously giving the opportunity for people to respond to the gospel, not just here, but in our everyday lives, that you would show them the way back to the Lord. And I just want to pray over all of us um, as we close here that, that we would continue to seek a, a deeper understanding of the gospel. Okay, that we would continue to seek that deeper understanding of the gospel and that we would be bold in the telling of the gospel. Okay, we would seek that understanding and then we'd be, we would be bold in going out and preaching that gospel to everyone that we meet. But first, I'd like to simply, uh, I'd like to simply do this. I'd like to give an invitation for anybody uh, who wants to respond to the gospel that I just laid out. Um, if you haven't heard the gospel before, or you heard it before and it fell on deaf ears, it's been a while, you had, a, you had a, an, an incorrect understanding of who Jesus is, and you want to respond in this moment, I just want to give you that opportunity. If you didn't know about his redemption that he has for you, his love that he has for you, I want to give you this moment right now. So if everybody just want to shut your, shut your eyes. Um, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want you to raise your hand right now. You know, if it's nobody, that's cool. Oh, we got one. All right. That's awesome. That's great. That's literally the best decision you'll ever make in your life. So if, if you all, yeah, come on. That's good. If you all just want to pray with me and with this individual right now, I just want to pray this prayer of, of receiving the Lord and, and his redemption and his salvation in full. If you guys just want to pray with me, Lord, thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me. But more importantly, thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for pulling me back up. I dedicate my life to you. I give my all to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, can we give it up one more time for that person? That's, that's awesome. That's great. And then, again, I just want to close here um, in prayer over all of us, okay? Just that, you know, for that understanding and that boldness um, and for beautiful feet. So, dear Jesus, thank you so much for these people that are in this room this morning. Thank you so much for this collection of believers 
that wants to see you take over this world. God, I pray that we would be a people that are hungry for understanding your word. God, I pray that you would bless us with insight into your words, that you would bless us with knowledge of your gospel and a deeper understanding of the things that are in the Bible, Lord. And I pray that you would just reignite us with a boldness for delivering that gospel, for preaching your gospel to every single person we encounter, to all the ends of the earth, Lord. That those people would hear and that they would call on your name and they would be saved and they would not be put to shame, Lord. And that you would use us in this room for that exact purpose. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Amen.